0: Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us for Community Conversations. Today at AINC Studios, I talked with the news director of KDNK Community Access Radio, Lucas Turner, over the phone. He is a Colorado native who has been involved with the Colorado radio and podcast scene for many years now and is well-versed in the world of audio media. Stay tuned to hear his experience working in the audio media industry, tips for starting your own podcast, and more. me a little bit about um like your history with audio media and like how you got into it and
1: yeah so I originally went to college for photography digital photography and I guess it's because I had a history with cameras and a little bit of mostly for video actually I was mm-hmm. doing video editing when I was like 12 and that's how I kind of learned the editing process and working in a timeline and stuff like that. Yeah. But when I went to the college, this is at Colorado Mountain College in Spring Valley, they had this college radio station that they oh, wow. had, just been, had just been gifted to them. Uh, and so I started in that program, and the very first class that I took was, I think, radio production. And the second one was audio mixing. And uh, I guess because of my prior experience with video editing, I kind of had a knack for editing in general and also a knack for speaking on a microphone. The teacher of that class who was running the college radio station asked me if I wanted to run the college radio station. And I had been looking for a job for a while and I just said, sure. Sure. And I have a technical background working in IT and stuff, so I was kind of, I guess, well-positioned to make it work. Yeah, so we did that for a few years, started, you know, produced a lot of podcasts, did a lot of troubleshooting, uh, got really familiar with audio recording and editing and all the equipment surrounding it. And then a few years after that, I ended up being asked to teach the same classes that I, I guess, were my first classes,
0: Yeah, that's cool. In
1: the school. So I ended up teaching those classes. And Mm -hmm. I guess in teaching those classes, I I got a lot more well-versed in audio because I felt like, wow, I really need to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. and people. So you learned
0: the technicals.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I learned all about audio science and routing and stuff like that. And I was 22 when I started teaching, I guess, a college class of audio. Right around that time, just in the whole audio realm, I had a lot of experience producing podcasts and audio through the college radio station over a number of years, Mm -hmm. and I participated in a uh, business pitch competition here in Carbondale, and it was this four-week process where you had to develop a pitch for your business. My business idea was a podcast business, podcasting company to help people make their podcasts and I ended up winning that and so I won a $10,000 prize basically.
0: Wow. Did you ever start that company or
1: Yeah, I did start it. So, I still do it on the side, but right now I'm I'm doing the news director thing here at KDK. Uh, I see. Yeah, so but actually that's how I met Nick is a buddy of mine from CMC had been contacted by Nick saying, hey, this guy is trying to make a podcast and he needs somebody to help him. So obviously I had just started my podcast business. So um, I went and helped him through my business for the first episode, episode one. And then by the, by the time the second episode was being produced, I was working here at KDNK. And so now I just do it as part of my job duties here
0: Oh, that's really cool. But, wow.
1: And, yeah, I have had a number of clients doing podcasts and still do consulting and stuff. Not on a full-time yeah. basis, but, yeah, it's it's going on in the background for sure. So you
0: kind of have two things going on at once.
1: Yeah, and that's how it's always been with me,
0: you know. So what made you um, go to, like, audio versus video? Was it more of, like, a preference or just kind of how it ended out?
1: Yeah, I think it's just how it happened because of what I was talking about with the audio class and kind of having a knack for it and I guess it was the fact that I needed a job right when somebody asked me if I wanted to manage a radio station and Mm -hmm. so yeah and then also having the opportunity to teach audio I guess because I was the radio station manager everyone was like oh Lucas is the audio guy
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) and
1: so that's what I ended up becoming and I have learned a lot, a lot about audio just before I took this job. I also worked doing live sound and stuff like that. So I, I got experience in not just recording, but actual, you know, signal path and using mixers and setting up live sound systems and stuff like that. So, yeah,
0: that's kind of how I fell into my job here as well. It wasn't necessarily intentional (laughs) to get into the audio like industry, but mm -hmm. it just kind of happened and it's. Pretty cool. What kind of challenges do you find um, just in like the whole creating process of audio or when you're helping someone create a podcast? Mm -hmm. What kind of what are the common like challenges you face?
1: I think one of the challenges just in the podcasting space is that sometimes people aren't ready for the wave of information that I have for them in terms of I get what I call the four step process of making a podcast which I think I have it listed as podcast development podcast production distribution and then marketing and I think people are sometimes have the impression that like oh we can just record and upload a podcast and we're good to go It's like, well, once I start explaining details, sometimes people aren't ready for it. That's more from a client perspective or actually, you know, developing a podcast. Uh, But I do produce news stories weekly. Yeah. And um, I find one of the biggest challenges is often just cutting things down or actually not having too much to work with. You know, it, like, especially if you're trying to produce something that involves different sound pieces and that sounds and, you know, various interviews and quotes and stuff like that. It it can be really hard because you could go record and end up with an hour of audio and you're trying to put it into like a five minute thing. That can be hard.
0: Right. Yeah, with radio, it's like you really got to get it in those time slots.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's time constrained. The other specific uh, challenge more in publishing or distribution side is like sometimes you work forever to just get the audio good and get all the pieces and get your story and then you sit down to publish and you're like I just want to be done but now I have to come up with a title and I have to write a description and I have to do all this and that and sometimes I find that part to be just so tedious after I've already done all this work
0: yeah Um, yeah, it's a lot of work even just to get out one episode you know
1: yeah, and in distri- distribution, I've had – I've just had troubles with Apple and all the various places that you submit your RSS feed to because they have these really strict guidelines for, like, what is an acceptable RSS feed, and I think I know them, and then I go to submit my, like, hundredth podcast that I've ever submitted, and it gets rejected, and I'm like, well, Wow, what, what am I doing wrong? So I think they change yeah. a lot, and that can be kind of a pain, but it's just –
0: yeah. Yeah. Do you only use Apple or do you use a variety of different distributing methods or publishing methods?
1: Yeah, so I would say I mean Apple's the most important cuz that's where 70% of podcast listeners are. I mean, it's called a podcast because that's that's an Apple word, podcast it comes from iPod basically.
0: Oh wow, I didn't even realize that.
1: Yeah, cuz the original podcasts you downloaded from iTunes and then loaded onto your iPod and that's why they were called podcasts. Yeah so
0: interesting wow
1: yeah so apple has a lot of uh apple apple has a lot of the market share so to speak that is changing but you know they're in in the game and like i said i think it's 70 percent. i don't know if that's the actual statistic of podcast listeners use apple but i i do distribute also rss feeds to stitcher um there's overcast there's spotify there's a number i mean there's a lot you could submit to but i try and hit all the bases you know i try to make sure there's a good selection for people who have androids um and so yeah i just i just try and get it out there to five or six different places including apple
0: So would you say the distributing part and the publishing part is kind of like a surprising time suck, I guess you could say, when it comes, like, were you expecting that when you got into audio media?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess, I don't know. So there's publishing, like actually publishing a finished episode versus actually setting up the distribution. I guess for setting up distribution, that's kind of like a heavy lift at the beginning. Getting, you know getting an image that match, fits the qualifications for your RSS feed. It has to be like 1500, by 1500, pixels and getting all of your tags and getting your description and, and submitting the RSS feed to these various places and then you know getting, getting it accepted and all that stuff. That's kind of like a heavy lift at the beginning that I'm just used to at this point. Mm-hmm. But yes, in terms of like even making a news story, I'll spend a few hours on a feature story, writing it, editing it, recording it, piecing it together, and now I have to go post it and publish it online. I don't know if I expected it or not, but sometimes at the end of the process. I guess I i guess I have more fun in the recording and editing process and less fun trying to summarize my story into text and post <laughs> it even though that's super important for people to be able to find it. So yeah. I guess I'm just not like a marketing person, to be honest. Yeah,
0: What advice would you give to someone who is new to audio information and they've never really done it before, um, but they're interested in starting one either for personal or for their business?
1: Try to find people who do it and, and get help from them. Also, there's just so many resources out there. and. I, you know, I think our generation is super lucky to have YouTube to be able to just look up how to do virtually anything. Like, I fixed my dryer the other day. Yeah. <laughs> but I never would have been able to do that without... It's
0: a magical thing. It really is.
1: Yeah, and so I would just apply that to the internet in general, YouTube. I would a- apply that to podcasting or, or recording. You can get kind of lost in a rabbit hole, but... There's plenty of stuff out there to find and just take things one step at a time and don't rush yourself. You are going to have to learn how to get good sounding recordings first. And as simple as that sounds, my experience teaching college students audio recording, it's not it takes time it takes time to learn good levels and some of the things that make audio sound good. So, you know, I would just say don't get overwhelmed by all the things you got to learn just take it one step at a time and just start with trying to record uh get get some editing software obviously audacity is free and just experiment get into it have fun with it and if you're not having fun with it then you probably shouldn't like maybe a podcast isn't for you even if it sounds like a good marketing strategy for your business like if you're not if it's just going to become another burden then it's, it's probably not even going to be effective anyways.
0: Yeah, very true. Especially if they're the ones talking on the podcast. They might not sound very excited.
1: <laughs> right. Or maybe you do want to be talking. Maybe you just want to be the talking person, in which mm-hmm. case you need to have a budget to hire someone like me or you or whatever who can actually do the technical stuff and take yeah. that off your back. Um, but I don't know. I think if you really are interested in getting involved in audio... I would say if you can save up money for a little cheapy recorder, that's cool. You can use your phone, uh, but experimenting with recording audio, recording people, and just doing basic editing, whether you're going to purchase software like Adobe Audition or get free software like Audacity, that's a really great step. And then the other thing is if you have a community radio station in your area, go there, get involved, be a DJ. Via, you know, volunteer for the news department or volunteer for the to produce public affairs or, you know, public radio stations are going to need and want your help. And it's also a good place to do what I mentioned earlier, which is
0: just to kind of get started, feel it out, see if you like it in the first place.
1: Yeah. And meet people who do it. So mm-hmm. so you can ask questions and potentially even get access to recorders or a recording space and stuff like that. Um so, yeah, I, I think public rate, community access stations like what we have here in Carbondale or, you know, they're all over the state and all over the country. They are a great resource for anyone. You know, even if you're getting into podcasting, which is new media, the the it, it's just how you're distributing it. That's the only thing that makes it new. Other than that, everything else is what these radio stations have been doing for a while. Yeah. And I would bet that there's probably a lot of community stations that if you came and said if you came in with a good podcast idea and you wanted to produce it with them even if they don't put it in their on air schedule they might you know they might want to help help facilitate that cuz they're going to want to expand into, into digital content anyways yeah, at least that's true. my theory uh, you know
0: yeah i think that's excellent advice um all of those points or both of those points Where do you think audio media is going in the future in terms of, um, like, a tool for marketing?
1: You know, that's a good question. I think a big development in all of this is smart speakers Mm -hmm. and the ability to tell your smart speaker, play this, play that, and it just does it for you. I think that reduces the barrier to entry. I think they need to improve a little bit before they become more widely adopted. But, I mean, it's the same thing with smartphones um, and the ability to access podcasts. Like, everyone... We're kind of living in a golden age of audio in a lot of ways. And FM radio, especially, like, community stations, are still thriving, so that's interesting. But you can also just get such niche content. So I guess it's a great marketing tool if it works for your business. And if your business has like a really niche, uh, if your business is in some kind of niche where you're part of some community that likes to get real nerdy about one topic or another, and you know people are hungry for that, and they wanna hear conversations about that, or whatever, that's, that's awesome and that's great. Um, And I think that businesses should utilize that tool because ultimately all of this new media stuff and all of these new technologies that allow for podcasting or whatever, they're democratizing the media space. So anyone can produce something now and you don't really even need a lot of money to just buy a microphone or two or a recorder and some microphones or whatever. So...
0: Yeah, what I'm getting from what you're saying, it's, like, to start it from a technical standpoint is pretty easy for anyone, but you kind of need to make sure you, um, like, identify your fan base and you identify your audience beforehand.
1: Yeah, and what is your show? And that's why the first thing I listed for the four steps is show development, and that's a huge part of it. It's just, do you have something to offer? Are you going to produce something interesting, or are you just trying to drive business and I'm not saying that's a bad motivation but it shouldn't be the primary thing like I was saying earlier like you should enjoy it and and Mm -hmm. want to do it um but yeah I mean audio media in the future it's just gonna there's gonna keep being more podcasts I think there's going to be more integration with smart speakers and services like that and I also am hoping that there's going to be sort of like community podcasting, like where we have a community radio station here and we have all of these community members contributing content, whether it's DJing or producing public affairs. I think that model should also translate into community producing podcasts locally because a lot of people are adopting podcasts and listening to them, but a lot of times they're these national shows. But if you could go and, you know, open an app or go to a web page where it's like, well, here's all of the podcasts that are being produced right in your area. I think that would have the same kind of appeal that, you know, a community radio station has had for a long time and still continues to have.
0: Totally. Yeah. So you think there'd kind of be um, like more interactive podcasts, like interactive, I guess, in two different ways. One being like smart speakers we can talk to the speaker and it'll it'll talk to you back and you can tell it to play a podcast and you'll hear the voice that and then also um, interaction with the community and kind of having like an online like podcast hub of like community events and community um, news and all that stuff where kind of everyone can collaborate to create one platform.
1: Yeah, and maybe even a space like a a, a podcast studio where you have this like podcast network of all the local podcasts, and now it's just like listening to your local radio station. Again, like I said earlier, it, it's new media, but it's really just old media that's being distributed through modern technology. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, the having a space where people can come and record, and then also kind of bringing together all the local podcasts. Because as more people adopt podcasting, and that's why I brought up smart speakers, you know, smart speakers are just going to make more people adopt podcasting, where they can say, "Alexa, play, blah blah blah, blah podcast," and it will. Um, that's going to make more people tune into podcasts and realize, like, oh wow, this is really cool that I can hear two experts talking about the universe uh, while I wash the dishes or whatever it is Um, so you know I could go on forever about like why I like podcasting and stuff but ultimately yeah I just think more people are going to continue to adopt it and that's going to add appeal to this idea of local content and we need local content we need things that are uh, local and decentralized because that's what helps us stay connected to our community so in a lot of ways I'm advocating for like community radio making sure that they take that model and just modernize and 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 use podcasting and use live streaming and stuff like that to to keep a new audience and also um, I guess stay relevant in a lot of ways
0: yeah I think you're absolutely right here at AINC um, we it's we're basically a radio station for blind and low vision around Colorado Mm -hmm. and we focus on like local kind of news and stuff um, but we provide equipment, and in the last year, we opened it up to providing, um, like, Alexa's. And it has been our number one most requested piece of equipment since we opened that up.
1: Yeah, I bet. So I think
0: that really shows, like, for accessibility, Definitely.
1: podcasting
0: podcasts will become more accessible because of the Alexa.
1: Mm-hmm. So that will
0: open up a whole new market as well.
1: Yeah, if blind and low vision people can access it. I mean, that that's the perfect example of how it's going to become more widely adopted. Like, if even if even blind people can use smart speakers to now easily access podcasts, and let's be real, that's what people want. They want real just convenience, everything at the tip of their finger, whether they're blind or not. But even people right. who do have their vision, if it's not easy especially older people who aren't used to figuring out technology, um, that they don't understand that, you know, they want it to be easy. And if there's a barrier where it's like, oh, go listen to my podcast and it's not real easy for them and, it, and they have to figure it out, they're probably not going to. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a huge part of it too. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of our audience is 60 and up and a lot of them are newly blind. So they don't, they haven't learned how to use a screen reader to navigate the web very well, um, and a lot of them don't even have internet because it, it's too hard for them to navigate. So, being able to provide them with the Alexa and helping them get internet—it's—it's it's been we've had really good feedback with that. So, I, I do agree with you. I think it's going in that direction.
1: Yeah, just more more access, more adoption, and if you look at the statistics around podcasting over the last, you know, ten years, it's just exploding so totally it, not just in terms of podcast being published but also listenership
0: that's i think that's really cool and it's it's a really convenient form of media even for me just because i'm i'm so busy and running around all the time i can listen to it on my commute mm-hmm. and it's yeah that's i, I think I it's do. cool that it's getting bigger and people are using it to its advantage so
1: yeah and it's also educational you know yeah just nice to be able to have have you ever seen that picture? It's a meme and it's like what it feels like listening to podcasts. And it's like I don't think so. It's like this kid eating a bowl of cereal laughing, and there's like a picture behind him of like three people laughing. You know, when you listen, it's like you're there in the room with them. There somebody else said to me, a longtime radio veteran, just said there's something very intimate about the voice um, that you don't necessarily <laughs> get from reading or even watching something. Just having something being Read directly into your ear. There's uh, yeah something special. I think that's
0: a cool way podcasting can be used. Like if a company just releases press releases and articles and blogs, having the addition of a podcast, it actually you can hear the voices of the people that run the company. You can hear them talking either to each other or to you, and it gives you a more like marketing standpoint. It gives it makes the customers feel like they know them personally, and it kind of gains trust.
1: Yeah, and not to, like, keep going on, but I did go to a a broadcaster's education association, and they were talking about how millennials value—well, they were talking about millennials' values, how young people, one of their main values now is authenticity. And I always think of that when I think of podcasting, just like you were talking about how you can actually hear the company owner's voice or whoever's voice— And not just hear their voice, but actually hear how they speak and how they interact and how they engage. And I think podcasts should be authentic, you know, Mm -hmm. not like commercial and you have to talk this way and you have to have everything perfect. And I think the most popular podcasts are people just I guess there are highly produced ones, but a a lot of podcasts to
0: hear the stuttering and it makes it real, you know.
1: Yeah, and like I said, yeah, just real and authentic, and and that's what people want, um, especially younger people. They they wanna they wanna know that you're just being real, not uh, yeah, not just trying to sell them something. Like that's every very interesting, every million yeah, a lot ad. of our
0: listeners experience isolation
1: because uh-huh.
0: um, many of them, you know, they're blind or newly blind, and they don't really know about their resources. Some of them are embarrassed, like some of them don't have internet; they can't commute independently anymore. So there's a big problem of isolation within the communities we serve. And from providing, I mean, the Alexa, but also just any of our podcasts and things like that, we're, we're all voice recorded. Um, we've had a lot of comments of people saying they just like to have our 24-hour live stream on in the background, and it makes them feel like less alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and even being able, like with the Alexa, they can listen to our podcast, but they can also kind of navigate the internet in a way that they've haven't been able to before and we've actually seen decreased feelings of isolation which is a huge thing in our communities
1: yeah wow absolutely um
0: so it is is cool to see how it affects like the younger generations and the older generations kind of in two different ways but uh very beneficial
1: yeah and I think it's one of those things like a lot of people just they they I've heard a lot of people say like oh yeah I've been meaning to get into podcasts and then it's like Once you do and you really get into something and you find something that you like and it becomes part of your routine, then it's like people really start to understand it at that point.